Today, we're talking about the third pillar of Billy Napier's offense, the wide zone recap in the Gators men's basketball game versus Georgia from last night and previewing the women's basketball game tonight versus Mississippi State only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson, Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon, a whole nine sports for all my written work. And I'm sorry if today's episode is a little bit quick, but it is 2.58 a.m. when I'm starting recording this because it's, it's been a day. And uh, just letting you guys know that for Friday's episode, there won't be one releasing at 8 a.m. Eastern time like usual. Uh, I plan on going live at 11 a.m. Eastern time to have, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go live episode. You know, I did it when I was in Mobile. It was fun. I'm going to do it again now. But getting into Billy Napier's wide zone offense, really, I mean, a lot of people don't know what the wide zone is or zone blocking in general. So when you think of there's zone blocking and gap blocking or man blocking, whatever you want to call it, uh, usually in gap blocking and man blocking, the, the goal is, you know, the center is going for that lefty tackle. That's what it is. Uh, when you're looking at a wide zone, it's more every, every lineman is just blocking to their left. If there's anyone in their path, that is who is getting blocked. You're just blocking the person in that vicinity, that area. It's, it's similar to man defense and zone defense where in man defense, it's like, well, that's who I'm covering. And zone defense is like, that area is where I'm covering. So it's very similar to that, where the running back, I mean, he then gets to decide if he wants to take any of the rushing lanes that may be open, the entire line moving along now. That, that's how I'm, that's, those are my graphics today. Uh, just the entire line shifting. And a running back could decide to go to any, any lane if there is one. They could decide to cut back, or they could head to the outside, the tackle, and try to get upfield along the sideline. And I mean, if you're if you're looking at Florida, um, you're you're trusting your running backs more to make the right read. And kind of working in this wide zone heavily is why I think Montreal Johnson is going to be big, especially early on, because he's the only one that has a legitimate experience running in this offense very consistently. I don't mean in this offense as in Billy Napier specifically. I mean as in running the wide zone offense specifically, because we look at Dan Mullen, the, the he who shall not be named recently with the Florida Gators, um, he ran wide zone. He did. He, he ran wide zone. He ran inside zone. He, he ran all these all the zones. Um, and he also ran a good amount of gap runs. And that's the big difference where Billy Napier will see gap runs every now and then. But for the huge majority of the time, zones, wide zone is what we're looking at. And so, yeah, we'll see it. But it's going to be a little, a little bit different. Uh, one of the ways you could think of it is a little bit more of a uh, as much as I hate to talk about them, um, Florida State, but good. Like like Florida State goes very wide zone heavy. And you can see that in different, or if you want to talk about it, the, the people who really popularized it in the NFL, that, that Shanahan family, where now everybody that works in that Shanahan, or that worked in that Shanahan offense a decade ago is a, a head coach in the NFL. Um, 
So you you look at the 49ers this past year, and you're going to see very similar things. You probably won't see a wide receiver that moves to running back for a bit, but you'll see a very similar offensive run scheme, uh, which is going to be interesting because you look at this team and you look at the three pillars of the Billy Napier offense, and it it, it I, I don't want to say it's similar or it's the same thing as the 49ers because every scheme is different, every coach is different. But you can make this very comparable to the 49ers where you're going to see 12 personnel. And if you if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode or if you don't know what 12 personnel is, 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends. One of the tight ends is usually like a tight end H-back, fullback kind of guy where he can move around the formation. So you got that. You got pre-snap motion, which, I mean, that causes confusion. The 49ers love to use pre-snap motion specifically to cause confusion, like I mentioned yesterday. You can use it to kind of just diagnose what coverage a defense is in, but when you're looking at the run game, it's to kind of cause confusion and create some space places. So you look at the 12 personnel. You've got that move tight end is going to be moving, and then you've got that wide zone where that's going to create a lot of big runs, and the wide zone is kind of thought of or could be comparable to just just deep passes in the passing game, that, that post shot, whatever it may be, and you're you're kind of just creating a big play an explosive play in the running we saw florida had some of their biggest plays when they would wide zone or when they ran a wide zone concept last year in the run game and dan mullen kind of shied away from it for a bit and it was like what the hell are you doing oh getting rid of your job apparently but when you look at the three pillars of billy napier's offense you got that 12 personnel heavy it's going to be a thing you've got pre-snap motion it's going to be a thing and the wide zone, and you can combine them all on the same play. You can have two tight ends, one tight end goes in motion, and then you run the wide zone, and that that is, you can combine them all on the same play, and that's going to be big. That F tight end, who's kind of more like the receiver, which will probably be someone like Arliss Boardingham, who just committed yesterday. He made the right decision. He chose Florida over Oregon, three-star wide receiver tight end that Florida listed as a tight end. So we can see him moving around. Keon Zipper is going to be moving around. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be um, as explosive a run game as you can get where guys like Osiris Torrance last year operated in the system, and he dominated by pretty much every measure you can possibly use, whether watching the film or if you want to use a PFF grade, go ahead. I believe he was in the 90s as a run blocker last year. So this is going to be big, and it also helps kind of um, if you can get them to work as a unit it really helps cover up if there are any weak spots on the offensive line. And we know that there are weak spots on the offensive line in Florida. So running this wide zone kind of helps shield you from that. And it's something that I'm actually really excited to see work out. Unfortunately for me, it probably means, or not not the wide zone means less split zone read. Billy Napier probably means less split zone read. Um, I haven't seen it that much when watching Louisiana, but hopefully we get some of it just, just for my sake. You know, I, I just want to see it. Anybody else make money this weekend? I did when I bet, but also last night I got cleaned out. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And last night I gave them quite a good deal of money because I had bet all singles, round robin, and parlays, which I don't have time to explain. But I was I was one rebound away for Jordan Poole, one, or I needed one more Jordan Poole rebound. I needed one more Andrew Wiggins rebound, and I needed one more. Mike Conley point, so that really screwed me over. But Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV with real time updated props on almost. I'm not going to do the high pitch thing. 
anything you can imagine someone sleeping in the next room it's the best place your bets and it's 100 free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device because that's how i always bet i don't have my phone near me but betonline.net it's where the game starts and it's the best mobile betting app that you're going to find also a quick reminder that today is the nba trade deadline so be sure to check out the lockdown nba youtube channel from 2 p.m eastern to 4 p.m eastern as kim becker uh john corrales and josh lloyd will all be live analyzing the moves and i'll probably be in the chat like i, I love me a good trade deadline so i'll probably be there but looking at the florida gators versus georgia bulldogs men's basketball game from last night the gators are now 16 and 8 and Georgia has fallen to 6-18, which is cool little flip of the numbers there. Um, as in the 6 and the 8, obviously. I, whatever. Um, the Gators went up big early. Um, but actually, before I get into that, I want to talk about that first play of the game. If you didn't watch the game, it was dope to see because Colin Kasson, he won the tip-off. Tyree Appleby, you know caught the ball <laughs> and he started walking up court and then you just see him yeah and he and that's my lob that's that's my lob uh, and then he just lobs it up and colin kelson finishes the oop and it was just such a such an emphatic way to start the game it, it was just like hey guess what baby we here so it was a sick way to start the game but um looking at the actual way the game unfolded uh the gators in typical gators or, or mike white fashion whichever way you want to talk about it they had a big lead they, they went up early over georgia and then uh typical again gators or mike white fashion uh they let georgia close the gap and george and florida was up 38 to 30 at halftime so that's still very solid but you know there were there were some large leads there in the first half that georgia would close and then even in the second half florida would separate and georgia would close and it was just yo-yo up yo-yo down kind of thing it was it was rough to watch um and yeah it, it just kept being like every time i think i'm out they pull me back in with georgia getting the, with florida getting the lead and georgia just bringing them back in um florida would ultimately win the game 72 to 63 but that's not the major story that's not even the top two story from this game um first one is colin castleton's injury because obviously you guys would know Colin Castleton, superstar center for Florida. Uh, he missed six games with a shoulder injury that we were told was significant. Um, and then he came back this past Saturday against Ole Miss. And then reports came out earlier this week that Colin Castleton aggravated that shoulder injury or maybe just re-injured it, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, he That shoulder was hurting him after that game against Ole Miss, but that he would still try to go against Georgia, which is admirable effort, admirable, just, just admirable effort, dude. But um, at a certain point in that game, Colin Castleton was, was battling, boxing out, and then he jumped up to grab a rebound, and when he came down, he was holding his shoulder, um, and that sucked. He was holding that same left shoulder that was injured. And then he went to the bench for a few minutes and the camera kept panning to him of just him holding his shoulder in pain, clearly invisible pain. And the camera's like, hey, this is, this is some good stuff right here. Uh, so he's holding his left shoulder clearly in pain. And then he comes back in a few minutes and that, that that's fine. But it's more like, well, just how bad is this injury? Because we still don't know exactly what happened. We've just been told it's significant. And clearly it's something that's still hampering him. So look, if, if I'm Mike White, which thank goodness I'm not, 
But if I'm Mike White, actually that paycheck wouldn't be bad. Um, I, I'm, I'm sitting Colin Kessler until we're sure he's good because if this team can make a run for the March Madness tournament, you need Colin Castleton or you're going to get blown out in the first game. So I, I think that, you know, sit Colin Castleton. Kentucky's this Saturday, probably going to get curb stomped anyway. Just let, just let him rest, dude, because, like, it ain't going to be pretty. I can tell you that much. Uh, but Colin Castleton did finish the game with 13 points on six of nine shooting with nine rebounds and four blocks. It's a pretty typical Colin Castleton stat line, if you ask me, including missing that time where he probably could have did a little more work when he was, if he was feeling better. But hey, I'm, I'm going to take what I can get and take this W. And the second big storyline from this game, at least for me, is um, Myron Jones. And I forgot who said it. I, I wish I remember who said it. But I saw a tweet that basically said, uh, welcome to the SEC, colon, Penn State Myron Jones. And that about sums up Myron Jones' time in Gainesville so far perfectly because, you know, Myron Jones, he, he came to Florida as as this, um, this, this kind of big name ad where, sure, maybe he wasn't this nationally loved player, but uh, I, I think most people could recognize, like, he was he was a baller at Penn State, like he did his thing, and since he's come to Florida, he's been just so so wildly inconsistent to the point where he essentially got benched um, for shooting so poorly, so consistent. That's the only thing he did consistently was be inconsistent, um, and so he hasn't really lived up to that name until tonight. Kinda. Uh, this was. Like that's why I say kind of because granted it was just one game, but we saw him. I don't know. I like we've seen him catch fire before. We've seen him do that, but tonight just felt different. Or well, last night just felt different to me. You know, we, he was he was out there playing. He was he caught fire and he was doing that, but it just felt like he was playing with a certain swagger that we hadn't really seen from him or a certain comfort level that we hadn't really seen from him to this point so jones had 23 points on seven for 11 shooting all from three and the other points for free throws um two assists and two blocks that's a damn good stat line if you're asking me and he came and and again he was just coming and he was shooting with confidence like we haven't like we've seen him shoot the ball a lot before and people are like oh like he's confident but we saw him shoot with confidence like he shot and he was like, look, this is going in. Um, so Myron Jones, you know, welcome. Like this is the perfect time to get ramped up and revved up because uh, it, it's time. We need you, especially if Colin Gaston is injured. We need the rest of this team to step up, of course, with Jatobo out too. So just just working our way down um, da- down the big men where j- just throw five guards out there or, or four guards and Anthony DeRuji and just be like, Hey man, this is what we got. Like that's, that, that's all we have here. Um, Flanders Fleming is still driving me insane because yeah, he had four steals and six rebounds and that's awesome. But how even eight points is fine, but shooting three for nine is, is definitely not okay. It's completely unacceptable. And so wild and efficiently inefficiency that this whole offense has struggled with all year, but he's still starting and he's still doing it next game. Like I mentioned, this Saturday, number five, Kentucky, which hats off to you. Good luck, Florida, because this is probably going to be a pretty ugly one. 
Wrapping up today's show, we're talking about the Florida Gators versus Mississippi State women's basketball game tonight. That game is happening at 6.30 Eastern time in Starkville, Mississippi, against the 14-7 and Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, the Florida Gators are finally ranked. Their women's basketball team is finally ranked. They have entered the top 25 at number 19 after running the freaking gauntlet at this point. And Mississippi State is on a three-game winning streak. But before getting really into this game, I'm going to do something that I want to do, and I did on Twitter, and, you know, I spoke about it with other people, but um, big shout-out to Kim Mulkey. If you don't know Kim Mulkey, Kim Mulkey is the basket, is the head coach of the LSU women's basketball team, and I'm going to give a big shout-out to Kim Mulkey, because if you didn't see Kim Mulkey's press conference from the other day, or post-game presser the other day, um, she talked about Callie Ray Finley, and she basically said, you know, um, I'm not going to do the accent, but she, but she basically said along the lines of like, I don't, I don't know why they haven't hired her yet as the head coach when talking about Kelly Ray Finley. She was like, I don't know why they haven't hired her yet as a head coach, but someone else will if Florida doesn't. So I like Florida, get on it, chop chop man. But some, yeah, basically Kim Mulkey was like, I don't know why they haven't done it because someone else will. Like she's a damn good coach, and Kim Mulkey even said, you know, um, she would. This isn't even me putting up for a friend. I, I don't know her, but I like what I see, and I know what I see. Um, that is my kind of accent, but also it's 3.15 in the morning, so I'm not doing a full accent. But basically, yes. Um, uh, Kim Mulkey, the LSU women's basketball head coach, was like, look, Kelly Ray Finley, she's dope. She's good at her job. She's got this team cooking and rolling with everything. And Kelly Ray Finley, like, you're a goat. Like, you, like, you need the full-time job. I'll, I would say I'd pay for myself, but I'm broke, so no. Uh, but Texas A&M, they are, are um, Mississippi State is on a three-game winning streak with W's over uh, Missouri, which is fun, Texas A&M, and Auburn. And I ain't going to lie to you. If you're looking at this game in, in a tail-of-the-tape kind of way, it doesn't look pretty for Florida. Mississippi State can put up points. They don't get demolished defensively. Uh, they don't turn the ball over a ton. They do a phenomenal job of contesting shots and blocking shots. They're averaging like six and a half blocks per game. It's wild. They're just overall a damn good basketball team. But hear me out. I don't give a damn. Um, simply put, I'm, I, I've been putting my faith in and I will continue to put my faith in in Kelly Ray Finley, in Kiki Smith, in Jordan Merritt, in Nina Rickards, in Faith Dude, in Floor Tunders, in Zippy Broughton, uh, in Emanuele Gialivari, and Alberto Rimdahl, in the entire Florida Gators women's basketball team. Because they have done nothing for me to not just say, screw it. <laughs> they're gonna win um which obviously that thought process will eventually backfire but i'm i'm gonna ride the wave until uh i'm gonna I'm ride this wave until it didn't work i'm, I'm gonna let you that because it, it's just no matter what the game is no matter what the team is these women figure out a way to not only compete but to win these games and so until they give me a reason not to, 
I will continue to do nothing but put my utmost faith in them because that's what they deserve. It's just right now, you know, the Florida Gators women's basketball team, they just feel different in the sense of they are built different, but also in the sense of it just feels different. Like on paper, it ain't a great matchup, but we don't give a damn because a paper don't measure heart. So paper don't measure heart. Paper don't measure competitiveness. So I'm, I'm going to do nothing but just continue head down. Kelly Ray Finley, you got it. Like I'm, I'm going to continue to put my faith in you. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available at daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget tomorrow's episode, live stream, 11 a.m. Eastern time. That will be the Friday episode for the week. And it's going to be all about our Florida Gators. Obviously, for Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Line Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I any sports. And I will see you all tomorrow live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time.